This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Good morning. You want to be ready for some joy? I do. The sentiment of that song just strikes me so well. How both it can express the longing that we have to feel joy, but then the acknowledgement that at this moment, I might not be feeling joy, but I could be getting ready for it because it is coming back. I love that song. I hope it touched you and acknowledged both the truth of how hard it is right now and the truth of the fact that joy is coming and we can do something to get ready. So this might be unique to me, but actually this series is bringing me a ton of joy. I love this idea. So we are in part three, which is the final teaching in a series about the idea of all of us being the ones who God has chosen to do divine work. I just keep thinking of the good old days with Oprah where she's like, and you get a car, and you get a car, and you get a car. And all the way through this series, I just keep having this visual of me like tapping people on the shoulder, and you are a pastor, and you are a pastor, and you are a pastor. (laughs) It's maybe silly, but holy cow, the weight of this season on pastoral shoulders, and by that I mean I'm a paid pastor. It is my job to shoulder that weight. But this season is a heavier season than I've ever experienced. I find myself looking around and being like, who's going to pastor me? (laughs) This concept is so radical from the way that we traditionally view pastoring. But it should not surprise us. It shouldn't. This is so baked into the DNA of how Jesus worked. It's so baked into how God's character has been revealed to us. It should not surprise us that God is like, listen, I haven't surveyed the horizon and picked my favorites and elevated them to this position of chosen royal priesthood, and they are the few lucky ones. There's nothing about that that fits what we know to be true about God. It should not surprise us that God quietly sits next to each and every one of us and is like, hey, do you want to do some divine work? Would you like to make an impact? Would you like to watch people be blessed by the words I'm going to give you? Would you like to walk with people in such a way that they like tangibly do not feel alone anymore? It should not surprise us that God sees each and every one of us uniquely. And it's like, I want to use that in you to bless the world. This is so who God is. The question is, will we dare to believe it about ourselves? And this series is bringing me so much joy because I feel like we finally get to talk about a concept that I resonate with so much, which is you are my co-workers. We are one team. We share a commission. And it's not just to be a light to the world and to draw people to Jesus. It is to be the hands and feet of Jesus, the voice of Jesus, the hope of Jesus to other people. And in the process, if we will take that commission on, we also get the joy of receiving pastoral care from a much broader set of people than a few chosen few that we have earmarked and elevated. 
It's so radical from the way we usually view pastoring. And it is time, people, it is time to ditch the old antiquated way of thinking about a few chosen few that do divine work. You were made for this. The question is, will you step in to your calling and join the foray? This concept comes back from an ancient thousands of years ago. I don't even know how they applied it at their time. It just feels like it was written for us right now in 2020. Have we ever needed more pastors to lovingly and tenderly enfold people in a sense of togetherness? I, I, it's astounding. It's stunning to me. So I want to take just a minute to saturate in our moment in history, but I want to do it in context of the verse that has inspired this series. It comes out of first Peter and it says this, but you are a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. This is our moment, friends. This is our moment to step into our destiny. It doesn't matter what job you're paid to do. It doesn't matter that I might be paid to do this job and you're paid to do that job. We share a common destiny, which is to be the body of God on this earth. We're called the body. I don't know if you know that, but as a church, that's one of our nicknames is the body. This is our moment. So in light of that calling, that destiny, that title that we bear, this privilege and honor to be that, I want us to saturate in the words of this song because this is a moment both for destiny and for lament. If we're going to step into this role, we have to both acknowledge the moment that we're living in and what we bring to that moment. So I want you to just sit back, relax, maybe even close your eyes and listen to the words of this song because it speaks to a principle that this entire series is speaking to. This is our moment to need each other and to meet each other's needs. You are not alone. Get it 
in that song that just echoes in my brain. Open up. This is a raid. I want to get through to you. You're not alone. I think the essence of that is what we're talking about here. What kind of needs do we have right now to feel not alone? But what kind of courage does it take to be one of those friendly invasions? And how much more powerful is it if it's not just two humans connecting with each other and having a sense of camaraderie, but if one or both of those humans chooses to bring with them a piece of heaven, a little bit of the divine, it's a game changer inside that interaction. So all the way through preparing for this conversation, I have had this visual in my head and I'm going to reveal my inner nerd here. I didn't even know I was a nerd until I married a nerd and then it turns out I'm a nerd. <laughs> But Doctor Strange, have you seen that movie? There is a visual in Doctor Strange. He can open, in his superhero type of way, he can open a portal that will transport you from any place that you want to be, that you are, to any place that you want to be. And it's just magic. I think this idea of us being royal priesthood, us being a chosen people, this visual, I think, could be really helpful to us because here we are, we sit in whatever circumstances we sit, and there's another person sitting in this space with us. How cool if we click into this visual of, you know what? When I come into the space, I open up a portal to heaven. When I smile at this person, I have the ability to bring with me God's affirmation to this person that me, just being me, doing the things I'm doing, can be a portal into heaven. 
Friends, it is not too radical to say that you are heaven come to earth. Okay, all right, I can already like feel you disagree with me. I know you're not perfect. I know you're practically perfect in every way. I know, I know you're not perfect. Neither am I. You don't let me bless you with my words of affirmation because I'm perfect. It's just that I have something to offer you that you need. And what I have to offer you is a little slice of heaven. I don't know. I'm not actually pointing at this slice of heaven. In my mind, there's a portal opening right behind me because that's the role that I play. I am not the magic, but the beauty is God wants to use me in such a way to bring a little touch of heaven to earth when you and I interact. It's just that easy. I don't have to be perfect to do that. All I have to do is actually acknowledge that God wants to do that through me. So when you and I have a conversation, I have an opportunity to bring a little touch of my divine design and a lot of touch of God's awesomeness into the moment. And it's not that complicated. I know it seems intimidating, but it's not. It's just not that complicated. Friends, we do this when we smile at each other. We do this when we offer forgiveness. Have you thought about that moment? Here's a friend who has a need. They need your forgiveness. Whenever you find a way to tap into your divine and offer forgiveness, you are showing them what God is doing in a way that they maybe can't see and feel themselves. We get to be an extension of what God is offering. When you provide a meal for a friend, a kind word, when you give somebody a follow-up question to a story that they were sharing, when you belly laugh at a kid's joke, you offer a little touch of God's affirmation to them. When you sit in a moment longer than you just naturally wanted to sit in a moment, but you give somebody your undivided attention for just a moment longer than you would have instinctively, when you offer them a little touch of God's undivided attention, you have so much to offer each other. If we will just tap into the reality that you and I can open a portal and give people the opportunity to see a glimpse of heaven by looking at what we are and doing and saying and thinking and showing them, and that you can bring a little touch of heaven into their lives. It isn't that complicated. It's just a matter of acknowledging that we have the privilege and honor to do that. But I'll tell you, I know you can feel it. It takes a boatload of humility to accept this role. And that's what we want you to do. We want you to accept this role. And humility might not, not might not be the word that you're thinking. You might more be going back to Ron's teaching last week about worthiness. <laughs> humility might not be what you're thinking because we usually use the word humility as a counterpoint to pride. But I think one of the best definitions I've ever heard of humility is simply agreeing with God about what he says about you. That doesn't sound that complicated. It can't be, but that's not that complicated. God has said, I have chosen you. I want to work with you. I want you to open a portal and I can uniquely show people who I am and what I'm like and how much I love them and how much I'm with them. If you will just acknowledge that that's what I want to do through you. That's what God says about us. It takes a lot of humility to agree with God in that way. 
You can do it, friend. At a minimum, you can start experimenting with it. How beautiful if we just begin to enter a space by and acknowledge at the beginning of that moment, hey, I have the opportunity to be a portal here. How can I listen in such a way that somebody feels God's presence in this space? How can I be here in such a way that I bring a little touch of heaven's hope into this space? It takes humility to do it, but we can absolutely do it. There are two kinds of people in this world, and it's not necessarily that their actions are really that different, it's their perspectives are that different. There are people that enter into a space and they think to themselves, there you are, and you feel it off of them. You can feel that they are happy to be in the space with you. You feel seen by them, you feel acknowledged by them. You can feel it coming off. These people think internally, there you are, and then there are the type of people who enter a space and internally they're thinking, here I am. And the here I am people are hoping that the there you are people spot them. But it's a passive kind of entrance into the room. And I'm not meaning to speak about extroverts or introverts. You do not have to burst into a space like some of us do. <laughs> it does not have to be a thing. You can very quietly and unassumingly enter into a space with this posture of there you are. And the beauty is if everybody enters into this space in that kind of posture, everybody gets their moment of feeling like, hey, someone sees here I am. Think about how this can affect even just our Zoom rooms. I'm not even talking about entering a room room. We're not there yet. Entering into a Zoom room, that posture can totally affect that space. I'll bet if you regularly meet, whether it's professionally or privately on Zoom rooms, you can picture in your head that there you are people. I'll bet you can, and it feels so good. What if each of us stepped in to our role and maybe the first thing we did, it isn't, we're not even in our minds trying to figure out how to bring pieces of heaven to earth. What if we just bring this posture and acknowledgement that we are heaven come to earth and a posture of there you are. What would that do to our community group experience? Not just the overall group atmosphere, that could be a, a real game changer, that could be amazing. But what would it do for your community group experience? How would it help you be more present, more engaged, more fulfilling experience, more meaningful conversations? I know this is not supposed to be a pitch for you to become a pastor so you can get awesome stuff out of it, but that's just the way God works. If we will step into the destiny that he has for us, we get stuff out of it too. This can alter the atmosphere and your experience in a community group this fall. And if ever there was a time where we need meaningful community group experiences, if ever there was a time when we need to feel somebody say, there you are, now's the moment. But what if we flipped the script and we were the ones who walked into the space and thought, there you are, and we just got the frosting on the cake if someone returned the favor. But if we're all doing it, how awesome will it be? I want to read you this verse from Isaiah 62. Darkness as black as night covers all the peoples of the earth, but the glory of the Lord will shine from you. That is us. Inky black suffering is all over the place. I know you're carrying it with you wherever you go because this is a hard season. I know it. The depression is lurking around the corner for so many of us. 
I know anxiety is riddling us. I know we're losing sleep. I know we're snapping at our loved ones. I know we're not practically perfect in every way. But even in those conditions, it turns out that you and I are a portal to heaven. And when we take the time for the meaningful eye contact, we take the time to check in with somebody, we take the time to posture ourselves to enter a space as a there you are person, that it turns out accepting this role of being a pastor to each other is the best way for us to actually receive the blessing that we need during this time. Okay, part one was meant to get your inner nerd all fired up about being a portal. Hopefully we've checked that box. Part two, we're gonna get a little messy here. I'm gonna get a little pokey. I'm gonna get a little bit up in your business. All right, so the second part that we need to like figure out, okay, how do we do this? How do we be a portal? But how does this all work out together? The second part, first part is accept your role. Second part is accept their blessing. And this is where we're gonna get a little bit messy because honestly, we're Americans. Most of us watching, actually, I don't know. But the American spirit is alive and well in our community. And a lot of us get a lot of our identity from being the ones who help other people. So it is totally possible that step number one, step number one of accepting your role is not our biggest hurdle. It is totally possible that for this whole system to work out where we are pastoring each other, that our biggest hurdle for some of us is going to be accepting someone else's help, accepting someone else's pastoral care. Friends, it is not our normal to admit a need. It is not our normal. And for some of us, this season of deep need is messing with our equilibrium because we have found that it is completely impossible to keep this perfect image of like, I've got it all together. We do not have it all together. We don't. We need to start asking for help. All right, I, my sofa, I can feel, I'm like getting up on it. We need to start making it okay to ask for help. And you might think the way that we make it okay is for someone to offer help and then maybe we have the courage to accept it. Friends, we gotta set the bar, we gotta set the example, we gotta model for each other what it means to humble ourselves and ask for help. We need to accept other people's blessings on us. That needs to become part of our norm. It was never, ever, ever supposed to be that we were more defined by our independent American spirit than we were defined by our Christianity. And in this way, our Christianity should be defined by the fact that we admit we are not independent creatures. We are actually dependent on God and dependent on each other. And it's better that way. This is not a thing that we do because we just can't possibly keep up the independent act anymore. This is a thing we choose to step into. We choose to acknowledge our need. We choose to acknowledge our dependence on each other. And we choose to accept someone else's blessing. 
I don't know how much time you've spent thinking about totem poles, but we like to think we're at the top of the totem pole. We're just blessing everyone beneath us. But poop, that's not working for us. It is time. It is time to find the humility to accept blessing from other people. It is time to break down some of this arrogance that is masked over by an independent spirit. It is time to acknowledge that we are better together. It is time to acknowledge that our needs make us a beautiful mix together of giving and receiving. I heard it said one time that a true generosity of spirit is not possible if you cannot accept help. That's not how we define it. We think about generosity in only the giving sense. It is time for us to find the humility to accept the blessing of other people. To courageously and maybe tentatively, maybe hesitantly, maybe even a little bit stubbornly, find a way to step into vulnerability. This isn't just about raising up a whole army of people who are like, I can fix it, I can fix it. This is meant to raise up a pastor's heart in each of us and recognize that we have a divine role to play, both in giving and receiving the goodness that comes out of these portals. It's not going to work for us to show up in our community groups and just be the blessing to everyone. That's not going to work. We're going to have to step in with there you are type thinking, but we're also going to have to be able to receive there you are coming at us. So if I haven't meddled enough already, I'd like to go one step further. I think one of the things that holds us back in this idea is that we've pedestaled our paid pastors. <laughs> I am a paid pastors. Paid pastors do all kinds of stuff like that where they put all the, I think it's called alliteration, Obviously, I'm not that great at it because I did it on accident. But we have pedestaled our paid pastors in such a way. Peter piped a, Peter Piper picked a pipe. I can't even say it one time. We're going to be in trouble in this section, friends. <laughs> okay. Okay. Some of the problem is that we have taken our paid pastors and we have put them up on these pedestals. And they are the only ones that we will humble ourselves to and receive counsel, receive feedback, receive blessing, be prayed over. Oh, sure. Maybe we're game to pray with each other, but it is a little different when we stop to think about what it means to be prayed over by someone. For one, in our first role about like, hey, we need to accept our role. Do I have the confidence in this calling that God has given me to pray one of these pastoral prayers over somebody else. That's, that's maybe a hurdle for us to accept our role in that way. But I think an additional hurdle that's related to this idea of accepting each other's blessings from each other is this idea of humbling ourselves to receive that from someone we haven't put up on one of these paid pastor pedestals. I'm not going to be able to say that without smiling. Here, let's just picture the scenario for a second. Somebody in your world who is a Christian, who is one of these portals to heaven, but who you find to be incredibly difficult to interact with. What happens in your heart when you picture that person praying a blessing over you? I don't know about you, but there, there's a level of humility to receiving that blessing that I struggle to find. 
But I think this double whammy, there's a thing going on here that's a double whammy. This pedestaling of our paid pastors does not allow them to be human, to receive from us what every single human being was supposed to be receiving. We've put them up in a place where we can't uh, um, attend to their needs that they have needs for vulnerability, they have needs for safety, they have needs to be prayed over, to be encouraged, to be affirmed. They have needs as well. I have needs, it's not a they. <laughs> Get me off that pedestal. That is a problem. But additionally, I think because we've done this, and that is a naive picture of the humanity that is up on that pedestal. I think though that one of the ramifications of doing that is that it gives us a free pass not to accept the pastoral care from difficult people. Oof, I know I'm pushing you. I know I'm pushing me. But the truth is that annoying Christian in your life, they're meant to be a portal to you. Now they may not be all things God to you, but can you find the humility to accept their blessing? If they check in with you to be that portal, can you humble yourself enough to ask for prayer? Can you humble yourself enough to be vulnerable and choose to share? Dude, I'm pushing us. I'm pushing us. But if we want to walk out the door, well, we don't walk anywhere out the door these days. If we want to leave this service today and begin to take steps into this destiny that we've been called to in both pastoring each other and receiving each other's pastoral care, we have to talk about the nitty gritty of this. And humility is a big piece of this puzzle. Will we have the humility to accept God, what God says about us and accept this role? And can we find the humility to receive each other's blessings? Here's the thing. This apparently is not a 2020 problem. This apparently is not just an American problem. Because in the Bible, in Ephesians, there is a verse that talks distinctly about what paid pastors are supposed to be doing and what non-paid pastors are supposed to be doing. Let me read this to you. So Jesus himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. We each have a role to play. Those of us who are paid pastors are not paid to be the best of humanity. That's not what we're paid for. We're supposed to be paid to equip you and to build you up and to empower you and to send you off into whatever spaces God has called you to, whatever relationships God has called you to. Our job is to equip and empower you to actually build up the body. Community group leaders, Welcome to pastoral care. You've been doing it. You know it. I know you know it. Sometimes we just don't acknowledge it. But that's still a leadership position. Some of what your role is right now is not to meet all of the needs of your group. Some of your job right now is to model this whole business about accepting each other's blessing. Some of your job right now is to empower and equip the people in your community group to be the hands and feet of Jesus, the words, the mouth, the ears, to be a portal of heaven come to earth in that space. This is a beautiful picture. Can we find the humility to accept our role? Can we find the humility to accept the blessing from each other? I will tell you 
that uh, regularly I have to think my way of how to jump off that pedestal. Ideally, you don't put me up there. Ideally, I don't put me up there. It's happened. But if I find myself up on a pedestal, either because you've put me there or because I've put me there, I think a lot about how to get myself off that pedestal. And I'll tell you, this second idea of accepting the blessing from other people is such a humbling experience in the most beautiful way. I don't mean humiliating. It's so humbling to be pastored by kids. I think everybody should feel lucky about the job that they do. I feel so lucky to work in our next gen department. I feel so honored that I get to be pastored by 14 year olds on the team. I get to be pastored by four year olds who don't even know that they're a portal, but my golly, can't you look at our kids and just see little glimpses of heaven? I know you see little glimpses of hell at times too, <laughs> but seriously, I just want to call out a few people who have seriously pastored me in this difficult season. They may know that they're doing it, they may not know, but I think by me modeling to you how you are pastoring me, one, we might have our best shot of you taking our pastors, our paid pastors off of their pedestals. And two, you might start to see how even if you're not acknowledging it, you're pastoring each other. How much more powerful if we would acknowledge it. So I would just like to call out a few people who have pastored me in this season and thank them from the bottom of my heart. I'd like to do something courageous together. If you dare, would you pray a prayer with me? A prayer of commissioning. It's common practice for us to commission our paid pastors to say about them, we see a call on your life. Now go do that thing. It's common practice. But if we are all called to this destiny, if we were all meant to be this portal, then why are you not commissioned? So if you dare, I'd like to pray over you. And if you dare, I'd like you to put your hands up, your palms up to receive this prayer. And if you dare, I'd love as I pray along any sentence that reverberates with you, even if it's just a, I want to say that's true and I'm yet not ready to actually say that's true. If you'll have the courage, just whisper throughout this prayer. That's true. That's true. Acknowledge out loud, out loud whatever portions of this thing that you can authentically receive. If it helps you, close your eyes to just soak this in. If not, there are no rules. Here we go. God, I acknowledge that I was made for this. No matter what my paid job, no matter what tasks I do every day, 
I was made to be a portal to heaven. I was made to be a little touch of you in the lives of the people that you have put in my world. I acknowledge that it's going to take some courage to step out and start experimenting with this. That that posture of being a there you are person will take some humility and some courage. I acknowledge that I could use your help in finding that courage. I also acknowledge that I need to find new levels of humility to both have the humility to acknowledge the needs that I have to step into those vulnerable places, but also new levels of humility to receive from people, to maybe even dare to receive your blessing from people who I struggle with. I acknowledge that if I try to do this on my own, if I try to be heaven to earth on my own, it is not sustainable, it is not enjoyable, and it will not work. I acknowledge that the blessing that I have to offer my world is only as good as you have blessed me, is only as good as I have tapped into that blessing. So I acknowledge that I need you right off the bat. Let's just start with that. I've got the humility and the courage to admit that I need you. But I also am seeking the courage to say, I accept this role. I am yours to do with as you see fit. I will have the courage to begin experimenting this week in ways that I could bring a little touch of heaven to earth. This is only you, awesome you, God, who could actually work this out. <laughs> we love you for it. The, the radical way that you think, the radical ways that you partner, the ideas that you come up with, would you spark creativity for us? Would you spark Spark ideas of how we can be this portal. They don't need to be great and vast grand gestures. Help us be more in the moment. Help us make more meaningful eye contact. Help us to, to posture ourselves coming into our spaces in a way that we just see more in the moment. And therefore we have something to offer because we can see that there's a need there. Only you could make this work out. So we acknowledge we are out of our league in this partnership, but we love it. We are portals in your hand. Amen. This is true. All right, I have uh, a little gift for you. And it might be cheesy, but I think rituals are helpful. When I was ordained as a pastor, I was given a certificate and I want you to have a certificate acknowledging this moment where you are daring enough to accept this role. So we're going to post a link in the chat. It's not just a certificate that says like, way to go, buddy. It's not a participation trophy. <laughs> it's a reminder of this truth that maybe would be helpful to hang on a place that you see in the morning on your bedstand or on your mirror that you see. So you start your day in this posture 
But also, on the back, I have put a whole bunch of ideas for you. This is not complicated work. Finding the heart space, the posture, uh, being a portal is the hardest part. But ideas for how to enact a portal, not that hard if you just get your mind going on it. So what I've done is get my mind going on it. This is not a comprehensive list, but it just gives you some ideas. Here are ways to be a portal at work. Here are ways to be a portal at home. In these different spaces, here are ways to be a portal. I hope it blesses your socks off. You bless me so much. I love you. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.